A recent plight of coffee leaf rust could be endangering your morning cup of coffee. In this edition of Radio Sustain, the Institute for Agriculture and Trade Policy, or IATP's journal on issues relating to fair trade, resilient rural communities, safe food, and a healthy environment, will explore some of the problems facing coffee farmers, the solutions they're finding based on agroecology techniques, and what you can do to help. I'm Colleen Borgendale at IATP's Minneapolis headquarters, and today I'm joined by Lee Wallace, the CEO and Queen Bean of Minneapolis-based coffee company, Peace Coffee, and IATP senior staff scientist and agroecology expert, Dr. M. Jahi Chappelle. Lee, what makes Peace Coffee unique among other coffee companies? Peace Coffee is unique because we were founded by a nonprofit, the Institute for Agriculture and Trade Policy. IATP founded Peace Coffee in 1996 out of a desire to build a business model that proved that you could trade fairly with coffee farmers. As we built the business, we also founded our own importing cooperative to be as close to the coffee farmers as possible. So we're buying directly from coffee farmers using principles of fair trade. That coffee importing cooperative is called Cooperative Coffees and is based out of Americas, Georgia and Montreal, Canada. We work with co-op coffees to understand the changing realities that our coffee farmers are facing on the ground. In the past few years, one of those changing realities has been the impact of climate change on coffee farmers. And one of the very real faces of climate change is coffee leaf rust. We began to see coffee leaf rust uh, attacking farms throughout Latin America in 2012. And in 2013, it was truly an epidemic. And coffee farmers began to think about different ways that they needed to react to this problem. And we began to see some local solutions begin to emerge. What happened was we were uh, we came up with the idea in partnership with Cooperative Coffees in 2014 to establish something called the Coffee Leaf uh, Fund. And the Coffee Leaf Fund was a commitment on the part of the 22 roasters that are involved with Cooperative Coffees to contribute an additional five cents a pound to a fund. Coffee cooperatives who are battling the impact of climate and rust can then apply to this fund with projects, locally based solutions, to help them adapt. In 2013, one of our staff members, Ann Costello, who's our green coffee buyer, traveled on a buying trip to the Comsa Co-op in Honduras. And while she was there, she visited the farm of Oscar Alonso Aguiar. And what she saw on that farm was that his farm was completely unaffected by what was going on with rust. So the neighboring farms were all just stripped. The leaves had totally dropped off of all of the plants. And what she was amazed by was in talking to Oscar, he said, my neighbor's farms are all conventional and my farm is organic. And she was like blown away. She was blown away because all of the conventional wisdom said that what coffee farmers really needed to do to battle rust was to abandon organic agriculture and turn to conventional agriculture. And what everyone from governments to extension agents to chemical companies were telling coffee farmers at that time was, if you want to survive this epidemic, you're best off attacking this disease with fungicides. And here we had a living example of someone who had invested in organics 
as a solution and was actually not only weathering the crisis, but actually thriving through the crisis. And that got us to thinking, what other kinds of local interventions are going on out there where if we could find farmers who would really, you know, I've never met a coffee farmer who isn't intimately acquainted with his farm. He knows every inch of that farm. And what if we found farmers who had developed innovative approaches and we began to share that information across other coffee growing communities. So in addition to the Rust Fund and building off of the work with the Rust Fund, what we did was um, we uh, hosted a producer exchange at the Comsa Co-op in Honduras. And we brought producers from all around Latin America and Co-op Coffees provided their expertise and brought in um, an agenda and a schedule and uh, information and some outside resources. And um, everybody was very pleased with the results of that trip and we, and we went on our way. This past June in 2014, uh, 2015, um, I was in Guatemala and we had another producer exchange and the topic was about uh, intensive organics and the best practices in intensive organics. And what we learned when we were in Guatemala together was that that trip to Comsa has had ripple effects across coffee growing communities throughout Latin America. And that is because what what we saw in Honduras was locally adaptable, right? So what people were able to talk about and look look at and consider was, okay, so the Comsa Co-op actually learned about um, building healthier soils and building microorganisms, better microorganisms into their soils through trips to Costa Rica and Japan. And then they were able to talk about what they'd adapted on those trips and how they'd applied it locally. And as soon as other farmers were able to engage with the information that way, they were going back to their communities, beginning to build off those ideas and build them into their local context. So we've seen people recovering from rust, but we've also seen people really building resiliency into their farms and planning for a future where they know they're gonna be buffeted by climate change, but that they can deal with the impacts of that as they begin to incorporate this knowledge. And what I'm excited about about our partnership with IATP is that what we can do now is add some more muscle into this project and we can leverage the resources that IATP has to bring additional resources, new science to coffee farmers, and then we can also apply those in local contexts. And Jahi, what is agroecology and some of these scientific techniques that Lee was talking about? Well, Colleen, you use the phrase scientific techniques. One of the really cool things about agroecology is that it's several things at once. And so agroecology is considered a science, a set of practices or techniques, and a movement right now. And one really sort of easy way to think about what does that actually mean? It's, it's studying, doing, and changing studying the best ways to have more sustainable ecosystems, more sustainable agriculture that works with the environment and uh, does it the least harm to the environment, studying what farmers have been practicing and a lot of the knowledge that they have had for decades, centuries, or even millennia. Uh, it's about doing, so both the farmers doing these things that they've discovered sometimes on their own or putting into practice what we've discovered with the science. And it's about changing because we know right now the system we have doesn't reward farmers who are using better practices. So one way to think about it is uh, the conventional plots, the conventional coffee that was surrounding Oscar. Uh, you could think of it in terms of, oh, you've got rust, you've got some kind of problem or pest. Well, chemotherapy, you know, just wipe everything out. And we know with real chemo, like it has a really bad effect on the whole system, the whole body. Um, the same thing is true more or less with ecosystems. If you wipe out everything, then you're just 
going to have to keep doing that, keep applying chemicals, keep finding new ways to fight you know, new fungicides using, uh, using new chemicals again and again. Agroecology is more about figuring out how do you maintain a healthy ecosystem, a healthy body where the defenses are going to naturally defend it against uh, pests and fungi and, and different problems. So in the terms of uh, coffee rust, which we're seeing is a huge problem right now in uh, Latin America especially, uh, it's sort of like how you, uh, when you use antibiotics, like antibiotic soap, we actually know we're killing like 95, 99% of the bacteria on our hands are not harmful. But actually what happens is when you have all of those actually compete and keep the harmful ones from spreading to some degree. And the same is true basically with uh, fungi and rust that there used to be a whole diversity of a lot of different funguses that were competing with rust and it kept it from getting out of hand. There's also a couple of fungi that eat rust. And there's a couple of insects as well that seem to eat rust. And if you're using basically this chemotherapy approach, you're wiping all that out. And so basically just the next time something bad comes in, whether it's rust or a different pest, you're going to get that problem spreading right again, and you have to apply a bunch of chemicals again. And agroecology is about thinking about how do you keep all these other fungi alive? How do you keep something that's eating rust alive? Um, and so Oscar seems to have uh, found some of the ways that you can do that. Uh, and so the real opportunity and exciting thing around agroecology is that we can study what people like Oscar are already doing, as well as find other examples, other things that are happening in the huge diversity that's out there in ecosystems, and using that diversity to find multiple solutions and make this really robust system, just like a healthy immune system. Uh, and so in the agroecology sort of studying, doing, changing, what we really are trying to talk about in this project is studying some of what's actually happening, studying some of the doing and implementing it, but also finding ways to keep increasing that change so that farmers like Oscar are really getting a fair livelihood for what they're doing. Because right now, you've got sort of this chemotherapy approach, and you've got this healthy immune system approach. But too often, farmers are paid the same or, or too close in prices for doing one or the other. Whereas farmers, if they're really protecting the environment and using less damaging methods like agroecology, we really should find a way that they can be better supported and that farmers who are doing the right thing are being rewarded for doing the right thing. And too often, that's not the case right now. And so the changing part, changing to make sure things... Uh, are set up to support the best environmental practices, the best of agroecology. That's one of the things that you know IDP is sort of all about. Uh, so this is a really exciting chance to combine all three of those elements of agroecology to uh, learn from the farmers what they're already doing, to find new methods and uh, new evidence and new things that could be applied, uh, and changing the system to reward farmers for doing these things that are going to be better for the environment and often better for them in the long run if they have that support. Jahi's pricing comment is a really good point. Peace Coffee pays a premium to coffee farmers for, for their organic coffees. And we are constantly trying to figure out how to get more into coffee farmers' hands. And it's also true that we need to work to better understand things like the cost of production. And we need to better understand as a society how much we should be paying for our food and what the true cost of our food should be. So what can IATP listeners do to help in this effort? Now's a really good time for people to get involved and help us help us execute this work. So we have a website up. It's at iatp.org slash co coffee farmers. People can go there, learn more about this work, and we'll, we'll be keeping people updated on our progress there. And people can go there and make a donation and help us in our quest to get the resources that Jahi's talking about 
to coffee farmers and then also get this whole cycle in dialogue so that coffee farmers can also begin to test these ideas and really report back to the community that's working on advancing agroecology about what is working at the farm level. And really, we can begin to build out this system in a more holistic way and prove that this is where agriculture should be going. Radio Sustain is a project of IATP, the Institute for Agriculture and Trade Policy. Find us on the web at iatp.org. Learn more about IATP and Peace Coffee's new campaign at iatp.org forward slash coffee farmers. Radio Sustain's engineer is Patrick Sai. The music on the program was Tall Fiddler by Deo and Scorpio by Dennis Coffee. I'm Colleen Borgendale, and thanks for listening. Thank you.